0: What is up, guys? Welcome into From the Box Office. Episode 10, baby. We hit the double digits. Uh this week we got uh oh first of all, I am Vince. That's Mike, my co-host. And uh, this week we got a little bit of the, the the second episode of Mandalorian season three. We got the pen ultimate episode of The Last of Us season one. This is a big episode. uh hmm I'm going to talk a little bit of uh, my Creed non-spoiler review because Mike hasn't seen it yet, but I got there over the weekend. And then, as always, we'll start with Mike as our uh,
1: newsman. Yep. We're going to start with our, our nerdy news per usual. Uh, overall, we don't have a ton of news, so we're going to do uh, this short segment of news, and we move on to The Last of Us, Mandalorian, that we do have a draft for you later on. Uh, then we'll get into our... What we've been watching, and our six pack to round out the show. But starting off with our MCU news, per usual, we got our uh, we got some Daredevil: Born Again news. Uh, John Bernthal is back as the Punisher. Frank Castle. Uh, Crazy. It's awesome. Uh, uh, before we touch more on that, they did also announce that Elden Henson and Deborah Ann Woll will not return as uh, Foggy and um, Karen Page. Uh, they will not return in the series. They don't know if they're gonna recast or not. But uh but John Bernthal. Yeah, I was Frank gonna say listen back.
0: those two were great as those characters, but like if that's the price we gotta pay, losing them to get back John Bernthal, listen, I'm sorry, but I'll take that any day of the week because John or Bernthal it. as the Punisher is one of my favorite castings like in the last in MCU in a while. It's so perfect.
1: He's so good from because well season two was a big Punisher season, right?
0: Yeah, Daredevil. Daredevil.
1: So. And then the two seasons of The Punisher itself. Phenomenal. Uh some of the best fight scenes, raw, brutal, gory. Season one so. of the
0: Punisher was legitimately amazing. And mm-hmm. I guess a spoiler alert if you haven't watched the Punisher series, but the like you were just talking about, the goriness in the fights and all, mm-hmm. the the scene where uh where, uh Frank kills Rawls after he's like breaks out of that chair when he's getting tortured. And the
1: season two finale, right?
0: Yeah, it's season yeah. season one. I think it was. That was the season one finale. Yeah, it was I forget. Remember the guy that was uh, torturing him when he was in the chair? Yeah, and gave yeah. him The adrenaline to stay awake, and then he, right. Uh, I,
1: I forget the. the I forget.
0: I forget what his friend's name was, but he like kind of cut him loose, and then he killed the shit out of that guy like brutally, yes.
1: like caves, or. School caved in like it's, mountain versus yeah. uh, Obern martel style. It's gonna be interesting
0: work. to see how Disney Plus or just Disney and Marvel in general mm-hmm. handle uh, the characters of Daredevil and especially the Punisher. Um, it has listen, I am so excited, but I would be lying if I said it didn't have the capability to be awful just because Disney is much more PG. Mm-hmm. But I won't be negative Nancy here, I'm hoping that they can do us some good with it.
1: I think Daredevil itself could get away with being a TV fourteen rating, but when you bring in the Punisher, especially knowing what John Bernthal has previously done with the character, I think you really need that TV MA uh, rating to kind of get across like how. Awesome yeah, I mean, listen, Disney like how said
0: scary that character is. Disney said they're open to an R rating for Deadpool. Yeah, so why like, not? Why yeah, why not? The- right why not open that up to the, even the Punisher? Like if you're going to do mm-hmm. a movie with him, like it has to be rated R.
1: Yeah. I don't know if you can get away with like TV series. I don't know if you could do episodes, some episodes with TV 14 and like a random TVMA. I don't think you can get away with that.
0: Yeah, probably but, not.
1: So I'm not really sure where they go with that, but I mean, we're both fans. I know the wide majority of Marvel fans who have seen the Netflix, uh, defenders, uh, universe I guess you want to call it Uh anyone who has seen that loves John Ball as people Frank
0: were has. clamoring for this to, for him to be rehired so
1: oh yeah it's a
0: big day I, I honestly I was at work and I got out of work and I just kind of saw the news like scrolling by on Twitter. Yeah. I was like what was the hell it,
1: it I, was, I didn't get it until you sent it in, in our group, group yeah, it was.
0: I feel like I, I kind of missed it it was huge news and I saw it two hours later and I was like oh my god
1: yeah I have notifications on for like discussing film and LCB and I don't think either of them tweeted it out like until that night either because it was That's like all variety or whoever uh some more news we got two legends in the business uh or uh some popped up in marvel uh keanu reeves says he always wanted to play wolverine okay uh hey man i mean i think he's too old for it now uh, I oh mean, yeah I, i'm oh, pretty yeah. sure he's older or he's similar age as hugh jackman but I guess, like, maybe like a Secret Wars type. It's, it's fun. To think
0: about. That's more of like, it's fun to think about what that could have been years ago.
1: But yeah, I think sure. that at
0: this point, that's like, a, that's not happening.
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I just saw the man, that. Was, but he's just weird. He's, he's too old. Yeah, he's too old. They, I'm sure they can find a role for Keanu in the MCU somewhere, but he's not. And he's, I think he's too tall to play Wolverine, too. I think they're really looking to get that that shorter actor.
0: Yeah. Uh, yes. Agreed.
1: I mean, Hugh Jackman was like six two or something like we're trying to actually be comic accurate with Wolverine right. next iteration. Uh, Nick Cage was asked if he wanted to be in the MCU. Uh, his exact quote was, I don't need to be in the MCU. I'm Nick Cage.
0: That uh, that cracked That's me that up ass. when I saw it the other day for some reason. Um. I mean, I don't think Nick Cage would fit in the MCU anyway, so yeah. I think he's better I mean, off staying away.
1: It would be funny if he could reprise his role as Ghost Rider. No matter how bad those movies were, um, they were they were bad, but they were like that really fun kind of bad. Whereas Morbius was just bad. Ghost Rider was like a fun kind of bad. like the like the Ian Griffith Fantastic Four. Like, yeah, there's no redeeming. Bad,
0: there's no redeeming qualities fun. to uh, Morbius.
1: Yeah, but the the Ghost Rider again. I'd like to see Nick Cage in a in a role. Uh, Bring Nick Cage into Secret Wars as a variant. Yeah, or if they bring in Ghost Riders, uh, I know it's part of the plan for like the Midnight Suns with uh Moon Knight, Doctor Strange, uh, Werewolf by Night, like Black Knight, like that whole group of guys. Yeah, hey, throw them in there, dude. I've That's been awesome. like
0: getting more and more over the years into like the comics of Marvel and like the lore and stuff, mm-hmm. and I don't think enough people realize how OP Ghost Rider is.
1: He really he, is.
0: It's like. If you're talking like earthbound superheroes in Marvel, he's probably number one. Like, gotta be right. uh, he's OP as hell. There's a run in the comics where he gets cosmic powers from Galactus, and I'm pretty sure is, like, one of the most powerful characters in all of the Marvel Universe. I don't know why. I just thought that was funny, because, like, I feel like when people think about Ghost Rider, they don't think about that. They think about Nick Cage and
1: yeah, that's Silly. A thing. Oh, yeah. But then
0: then you realize in the comics he is, like, one of the most powerful things in the universe.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's, like, the spawn of Satan, Satan's powers, like, wh- Powers of Hell and all that. Yeah, he's that. got the like, the,
0: pe- the penance stare,
1: yeah, which so like just kind of one shots people. Yeah, right, man, Nick Cage, I'm all about it. He's been in a lot of movies recently, last couple yeah, of years. He's kind good, of back in movies. a, he's kind of like pulling off like a old Fra- Brendan Fraser's doing. Uh, you know, he, he was unbearable weight of massive talent last year. He's uh pig, pig. a couple of years ago. He's gonna be in that new Renfield movie coming out, I think, in April. Yeah, he's that playing Dracula. Playing a Dracula. Uh, that actually looks like a really fun movie actually. I like the tra- I like the trailers a lot.
0: yeah it looks like it's gonna be fun.
1: Yeah so uh, after Marvel we're gonna get into some Star Wars. Star Wars is back in the forefront of the news with Mando season 3 back uh, but first uh, Stig Asmussen he's a uh, like a game creator for Star Wars Jedi that series. Uh, he said he already wants to do a third game in that series. Uh, his quote was I always wanted to see this as a trilogy. Um so Star uh, Star Wars Jedi uh what, what's the new one called?
0: Uh, uh Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Survivor, right, yeah. Yeah, the first one was Fallen Order. I Order. mean, hey I'm I'm all okay. for it, man. These get the first game was awesome. I'm really excited for the second game. Mm-hmm. Um I mean who, who knows where the story will be at. We'll see if it's like in a satisfying place for there to be uh, a trilogy. And if it is, yeah, why not? I mean Dude, the first game, uh, I guess I'm going to put out another spoiler alert for something that's like three years old. But spoiler alert yeah. if you haven't played Fallen Order. Dude, they did such a great job of keeping the Vader reveal a secret. Yeah. Like, I didn't see any spoilers for it. I, they, didn't, they didn't blow it in the trailer like a lot of times movies can do. Mm-hmm. Like – they were, they played that close to the chest. So that reveal at the end of the game, when he, you know, they talk about him. They don't say his name, but they talk about him throughout the game. And then when he finally comes in, and especially when they make it seem like you're about to have a lightsaber fight with him, you're like, oh, okay, this is why Cal isn't around. Vader's is about to fucking murder him.
1: Yeah, they dips and like the whole place is going underwater and all. Yes, it's,
0: uh, so I'm all for it, and I was just like I was just saying not to go off on a different. It's just the same topic basically, but I feel like I have to give them even more props for that because sometimes they really do, you know, blow their load like in a trailer or showing you something too soon. Because I've I think I might have said this in the pod before, but I think I've definitely said it to you before. One of the things that I wish if I could change in movie history, this is so like it doesn't mean much to most people, but Rogue One. I would go back in Rogue One and I would take Vader out of all of the trailers and i would take vader out of every single scene
1: the scenes aside, with like credit and all I that guess.
0: i would mm. take him out of the entire movie i and agree every scene have it have it like fall in order where that he's talked about in the background and then have his only his first and only scene be his hallway scene because when that if you didn't that, know if, if, if you didn't know vader was going to be in the movie and you, and you see that
1: lightsaber light up bro you,
0: Think about that. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about if you didn't you could know,
1: hear a pin yeah. drop in a theater if that happened.
0: If you didn't know Vader was going to be in that movie and those troops turn around and you hear his breath and then see that lightsaber, dude, it would have been like Endgame when yeah. Cap catches the hammer times like a hundred. So I would I would have loved if they would have done that with obviously Rogue One is great. And I'm just like mm-hmm. putting out like a theory, a fan, a fanfic here. But that would have been so awesome. And it was something that I wish they would have done.
1: Yeah. For like just the movie itself factor, that would have been huge. But I get from like a marketing standpoint, yeah, they wanted kinda, to show that Vader. You kind of needed that just to get asses in seats, uh, yeah. because other otherwise, who who cares about the people that we know are gonna die? But for that would have been so sick. Um, I mean,
0: dude, uh, yeah, I can't even imagine how insanely hyped that would have been. Yeah,
1: so we are getting yeah, we're getting the third installment of the Jedi video game series with Cameron monahan's Cal Kestis. Hopefully, we'll uh, I, see a
0: live action uh, rendition of him soon.
1: I, I hope we can too. I mean, Cameron's, he's, you know, he's probably young 30s, I'd imagine, late 20s. He's not old. Like, he can play a, uh, he could pop up in, you know, in an Ahsoka series or in that would be so another awesome. season of Mando. Like, he's, I think this is following, like, the same timeline, I'm pretty sure. So, that'd be sick. I'm hyped. I would love uh, it. Uh, Some more news on future Star Wars films. Uh, Patty Jenkins and Kevin Feige were both uh, writing slash producing, directing uh, Star Wars films. Uh, Both of those have been shelved. Uh, Feige's Star Wars film never really had a a plot or synopsis uh, announced, while Patty Jenkins, I think, was doing, like, a Rogue Squadron. I think that was hers or something like that. I think she was the fighter pilot one. Um, I mean...
0: I really don't know what to make of it if it's like a really bad news for Star Wars or if it's like, OK, you know, like maybe they just weren't really like loving what the ideas were and they kind of just scrapped them, which would be good because maybe they're going for quality over quantity. But mm-hmm. like with Disney, I never truly believe that. So I, I I guess I don't really know. Like you said, Kevin Foggy's never really got off the ground as far as anything except for Kevin Foggy wanted to make a Star Wars movie. So yeah. like I don't I don't really feel either way about it. Uh, I guess Star Wars is just in a spot right now where they're running with TV. I mean, Mm -hmm. the TV shows are so successful for them. They shouldn't rush anything as far as film, you know, take your time, figure out something you're really interested in, a a timeline you want to go to and just kind of for until then let Mando carry you, let Ahsoka carry you like these Mm -hmm. shows are going to garner enough interest that you have a lot of time to spare and come up with something really good for the next like saga of Star Wars in film.
1: We're definitely getting plenty of series to hold us over until they make these plans. Because I know Ryan Johnson is going to, uh, he's recently said in interviews with LCB and uh, Selfless that Jason Bateman will Arnett. He said he's still uh, in the works thinking storyboarding his uh, trilogy. Um, but another film, uh, Taika Waititi, he said he's still working on his Star Wars film that has been previously announced. Uh, he'll likely have a starring role similar to what he's done in Jojo rabbit, uh, Thor Ragnarok, uh, stuff like that. Um, that, that still kind of excites me. I, I still think why Taika is like, yeah, I get love and thunder was kind of made. Yeah, was people, pretty meh.
0: People really turn on him fast.
1: Yeah. And I don't, sometimes directors have stinkers. Like, let's be honest. Like I'm
0: not ready to throw him away over that.
1: No, like he still has, um, Hunt for the Wilder People. He sells Jojo Rabbit. He sells Thor Ragnarok. To me, it's still a top five Marvel movie. Uh, what we do in the Shadows. You know, stuff like that. So I don't. Taika is not dead. Like he's still like I still think he's very funny. I just think he got a little carried away. Yeah, think, he kind of lost. Thunder. He kind
0: of kind of lost the plot in Love and Thunder, you know, tried to go too much into the funny stuff. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, again, I'm not ready to throw him out. Like, uh, it seems like a lot of people are just like, oh, my God, fuck Taika Waititi. It's like, Mm -hmm. all right, I'm not there yet. But, like, let's let's see what he's got. Uh, You know, he could do something interesting in the Star Wars universe.
1: Yeah, I think Star Wars kind of has like a comedy aspect to it. I mean, it always has mean, Harrison Ford as Han Solo was like he was your comic relief, you know, quick one liners. Yeah. So that's where we're at in the Star Wars and a galaxy far, far away. Uh, So let's get into some DC news. Uh, There's not much, but uh, some more Keanu. Keanu says he has recently spoken with James Gunn about Constantine 2. We did talk about that previously on another pod that was in the works and development. So again, I'm for it. uh, Now knowing that Keanu is actively talking with the president of uh, DC studios, uh, you know, I'm hyped about it. Keanu, man, he's getting up there in age and he's still just doing the damn
0: thing with these action movies.
1: Yeah. I mean, Good for him. A legend. Kind of like, kind of like Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise. They're probably similar in age. I'd imagine. Uh, Tom uh, yeah, Cruise, probably. but Tom Cruise is jumping out of planes and yeah, it, Tom you know, Cruise skyscrapers is a and he is a psychopath. It's all that Scientology bullshit. He's into <laughs> Uh, Clancy Brown was cast in the Penguin series, uh, in the Matt Reeves verse Batman universe. Uh, he was cast as Salvatore Maroni, uh, another mob boss. that we, I feel like we don't see often in Batman, you know, we always get, um, Falcone, Falcone. Uh, we saw him, John Turturro played Falcone in the Batman.
0: Yeah. And what, in, the, in that universe, Maroni was in prison, correct? uh yeah i think so i think they so. talk
1: because they talked a lot
0: about the Maroni drug bust yeah usually in batman lore i feel like Maroni gets killed and that leads mm-hmm. falcone to get to power and falcone is like the prime like in batman begins i'm pretty sure something yeah. like that happens but clancy brown man you know mr krabs coming a long way i, I always
1: forget he was mr krabs yeah. that's right
0: also you have or haven't played detroit become human on playstation
1: not yet i haven't it downloaded it's on my uh, list
0: uh, clancy brown has like a major role in that and he is awesome in that uh game like he 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 delivers one of my favorite performances in the whole game so he's awesome and i i honestly that's an interesting role for him i you know mob boss so we'll see I, I have faith that he will do a good job that penguin show man i'm really interested in it it sounds like it's going to be I, yeah. something different
1: i did see uh they had some set photos earlier today showing penguin he was kind of like a tony soprano outfit Black Dude, T-shirt, leather I, jacket. I keep forgetting that Colin Farrell plays him. I know it just doesn't look like him, especially because we're seeing Colin Farrell in all these. He's on a comeback as like a comedy-dramatic actor. Uh, he's starring in all these A twenty-four movies and uh, Banshees yeah. of Inishair. And then you see him as a mob boss that looks exactly, absolutely nothing like him.
0: Doesn't sound like him at all.
1: Yeah, like
0: oh yeah.
1: Hey, I, I'm all about it. I uh, was still yeah, he's waiting. I know they're filming right now. Uh, still no release date, I believe. Uh, but again, in the Reeves verse, we got news that the Batman Two will begin filming this upcoming November. I know we have a 2025 release date attached to that right now. Um, but hell yeah, bro.
0: I mean, uh, yeah, the Bat whatever year you know, 2025, the Batman is two is coming out. That'll be. Easily in my top three, I would imagine, at least. Hyped movies of that year. Uh, Matt Reeves, I have total faith in him at this point. I I really love... Obviously, we both are huge fans of what he did with Mm -hmm. uh, the first one. And he's got, under his belt, I'm pretty sure, uh, a a great trilogy. He did uh, the Planet of the Apes. Apes. Yeah, right. So, like... And that is honestly... We've talked about it before. That's one of my favorite, like, modern trilogies. Yeah. So, like, I have faith that he can nail it
1: yeah and i'm sure you know november is you know eight months away so over the next few months i'd imagine we get some more casting choices uh they announce a villain i would imagine um hopefully we you know we get uh our boy uh mr freeze
0: yeah we're both on the mr freeze Freeze.
1: uh i mean it's just just sounds too logical with gotham being underwater just sounds sounds right
0: And it's a character that isn't redundant. Like we've said a million times, it's a character that has not been done on the big screen since Arnold. And that was, you know, done in a comical way. I mean, if you're trying to go the route of like, all right, they've done Bane a couple times, they've done the Joker to death, like Mm -hmm. bring in a new character. You know, Mr. Freeze has been underutilized and he's one of Batman's best characters.
1: Yeah, I I liked how they did him in the, uh, have you seen the Gotham um, show? I've never watched, I've watched, I think I watched
0: like a couple episodes, but I never actually like watched it.
1: I think they had, I think their version of Mr. Freeze was really good. I forget who played him, but it was a nice little arc uh, in one of the earlier seasons, I think. Yeah. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, that's all of our nerdy stuff for today, but we do have a couple more plot points for the news section. Starting with uh, what occurred at UFC 285 over the weekend. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal oh, yes. has been filming promotional material for... Ah, uh, the remake of Roadhouse. Uh, Roadhouse was a, a Patrick Patrick Swayze, right? Uh, in the nineties. Uh, so Gyllenhaal is playing that same character, um, but uh, I guess there's a little twist on it where he's a disgraced UFC fighter. Uh, so during UFC 285 this past weekend, he was uh, participating in his own weigh-in. Uh, then, you know, between the prelims and the main card, they had him in the ring or in the octagon, uh, flying. Knee yeah. In the flying opponent. knee and
0: beating gets the shit.
1: Qualified. So I'd imagine that's the beginning of the movie gets disqualified there that we see. Yeah, honestly, dude, I, I really like it because
0: I, I don't know. I can't speak to how often they do this versus that, but like, mm-hmm. I, it's so much cooler to see them do this in front of a live crowd then in like, so, like the CGI yeah. and yeah. pipe in the crowd noise, like it's going to feel a lot more authentic. And it was like uh, really, I'm sure that they told the crowd. Cause obviously they have to know they're going to be in the movie and like on film, but mm-hmm. like seeing the crowd, like go crazy for it. Like it was a real, that was like, sick. Fight. <laughs> so honestly it's going to feel really authentic. And obviously I've never seen the original roadhouse, but yeah, neither. it's uh, on my list though. But Jake Gyllenhaal is just, just him quite frankly. And he's yoked uh, now. Yeah, he is. He, these actors, man, the way that they can just get ripped like, on a whim is crazy. But we both are huge fans of Hall. He's one of the best actors yeah. of our generation. Mm-hmm.
1: I'd say right now, Hall. Gyllenhaal...
0: Lost Yeah, so like I said, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, one of the best actors of our generation and mm-hmm. uh, one of the best of all time, really. So there's no reason that I won't check out uh, the Roadhouse remake.
1: Yeah, He's on the list of actors where if I see him on the billing list, then I will watch that movie. Like, you know, he's consistently put out bangers over the last decade from Nightcrawler to Zodiac, Prisoners, uh, his little part in Oakja, like... Gyllenhaal does not miss. He's no, he amazing. never.
0: Even if a movie is bad. I don't know how many bad movies he's even been in. But no matter what, he's
1: always great. I couldn't tell you a bad Gyllenhaal movie. I mean, he's been doing it since early 2000s. You know, uh, October Sky and Brokeback Mountain. Uh, he's just one of the best. Absolutely. One of the best actors working. Um, Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors, the two <clears throat> stars of Creed Three. Uh, they said they plan on having many collaborations together, uh, just like, uh, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Yeah. How it's awesome really, would that.
0: There, they had great chemistry in the movie, obviously a little look ahead to my spoiler for review. They had great chemistry mm-hmm. and honestly, like I saw some people commenting and this is like a little good, wholesome moment, but it's really nice that like, you know, it seemed like Michael B. Jordan had formed a, uh, nice friendship with Chadwick Boseman, and it's nice to see that he's like, you know, made maybe another friend that, uh, in the industry that he can, you know, work closely with
1: mm-hmm.
0: since, uh, he lost his other friend, yeah, uh, R.I.P. Chadwick.
1: An actor of this caliber, like, Majors is everywhere right now. He, I think he might be the hottest and fastest rising star in Hollywood right now. I
0: think. Yeah, man. I mean, he's just an M man. He's in Creed, which
1: two,
0: uh, two killers at the box office mm-hmm. um he's being talked about to be in a spike lee movie i forget yep. exactly what he's being talked about to play yeah. dennis rodman
1: yeah uh yeah those were the that is really exact two things i had coming up next uh come piggybacking off of that uh so the spike lee movie he spike lee is in talks to direct that film uh it's called The understudy uh, it oh, follows yeah. it follows the story of life imitating art when the understudy of a Broadway produ- production finds a role he's willing to kill for. Uh, I think it sounds pretty sick. Uh, it sounds like it could be right up his alley. And uh, I'm not too familiar with Spike Lee's filmography. Uh, I know he did He Got Game and um, Black the Landsman five bloods was that him as well
0: the five bloods was spike black clansman was spike oh um he did the malcolm x movie that stars denzel washington which i have not seen but i I want to watch it um i mean listen that role sounds interesting because like that sounds like it could lean into like a maybe not on the same exact path but like an american psycho type ish movie you know like like
1: yeah
0: like something (laughs) like that and like i would love to see majors in a role like that and like I, I, I'm ready to see him, you know, expand. Like he has been in an A24 movie. He's been, a, he's been in a movie, the last uh, black man in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, it's not as if he's only been in blockbusters, but that seems to be his thing right now. So I definitely am excited to see, you know, other types of roles for him that aren't just blockbuster movies.
1: Yeah. it sounds really cool to me. I'm always into stuff like, like it sounds kind of like a psychological thriller suspense. Yeah, exactly. Type of John. So I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm very hyped for that. Uh Devil in the White City is no longer in development at Hulu. If you remember uh this series, it mm. was being it was being produced by uh Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh damn. Um so for some reason it was scrapped. And in addition, Jeremy Allen White, who is having a breakout from the bear, as well as Jude Law were both in Talks to Star. Um I'm gonna look up the actual synopsis of what it was supposed to be
0: yeah i never heard too much about it
1: I know it was based on a book i wasn't familiar with the book uh the plot uh divided into four parts the first three happening in chicago between 1890 and 1893 part four the book interweaves the true tales of daniel burnham the architect behind the 1893 world's fair and h.h holmes a serial killer who lured his victims to their deaths in his elaborately constructed murder castle That's what was intriguing about it.
0: I wonder what went wrong. I wonder why it got scrapped.
1: Yeah, I don't know, especially because Leo himself purchased the rights to um, the book. He purchased it back in, like, 2010 when, uh, I don't, I guess he just read the book, loved it, and bought it, bought the rights off the author. I don't really know, but...
0: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what to think of this. I'll have to wait to see if any more news comes out about like what it might have happened.
1: Yeah, I'd imagine it gets shopped around. Uh, Prime, Netflix, HBO, maybe Apple TV jumps in on it. I know Scorsese and Leo are doing *Killers of the Flower Moon* for Apple. Maybe right. they uh, work something out. Uh, our last bit of news before we get into our uh, what we've been currently watching and our reactions of our of our shows uh david chase uh the creator of the sopranos is working with fx to create his next tv series uh nothing again zero synopsis no uh inklings as to what this series could be has he done anything since the sopranos or is this his first uh that's a great question because sopranos ended what oh six i want to say
0: yeah something around that, there
1: around there let's look at his select filmography Sopranos ended in 07 since well, he, did, he wrote and produced Many Saints of Newark.
0: Right, of course. Um,
1: but other than that, he did Not Fade Away, which was a film in 2012.
0: Never even heard of it.
1: Haven't heard of it, but it starred uh, Gandolfini. Well, it sounds like he hasn't done much. Yeah, so. he, Yeah, other since the Sopranos, that Not Fade Away movie is the only thing he's done.
0: Wow, so yeah i mean this is big then his uh his comeback to tv after making one of the greatest tv shows of all time so yeah and that'll with, be interesting
1: with fx i think and fx has recently been on par with hbo
0: yeah I, fx is on a roll
1: it really gets swept under the rug under the radar uh, because it goes straight to hulu which isn't one of the more popular streaming platforms um but shows that i watch on hulu are all all phenomenal I mean, under the banner of heaven you got dope sick um the bear the Bear, obviously, at this uh, Abbott, point, uh, Abbott Elementary goes it's, straight it's, there. It's uh, always sunny in Philadelphia. Always point. sunny. FX has... You know, FX is phenomenal. I, I, So I'm sure whatever he's thinking will be a banger. Yeah. Hopefully. You can only hope. Uh, so let's start with... Uh, let's go with The Last of Us first. Uh, we got thing. The Last of Us, episode 8. Penultimate episode follows, uh, Ellie and Joel with, uh, David's camp, the cannibals. Um, so Vince, give me your thoughts on episode eight. I,
0: I mean, I'll just to cool, sum it up quickly. That was maybe the best episode of the show so far. Um, okay. I was very excited for this week because as a, as a ga- player of the game and you can relate knowing this story was coming up at this episode, it had me super excited because it's one of the best arcs of the game. Mm -hmm. So obviously Joel is still hurt. Ellie has patched him up, but uh, it it introduces us to the camp right away. You see like, you know, the whole religious thing is going on. Dude, they, I'm not going to break it down, you know, frame by frame, but I'll say this, they, the changes they made to David paid off in spades, making him a preacher and like Mm -hmm. spending a little bit more time with him and all that and making him seem like sympathetic at first, Uh, It honestly worked really well. It makes him a lot scarier. Like, you know, when you think about the fact that he tried to R-word Ellie at the end of the episode. And earlier, he's talking to Ellie about how he used to be a teacher. Uh, And he taught girls Ellie's age. So Mm -hmm. it's like shit like that. You know, it's like he really is scary. Um, I thought it was funny that they had uh, Troy Baker who played Joel in the game as David's right-hand man in this. So that's Mm -hmm. another one of those – characters getting a spot in the show and i've heard rumors that ashley johnson who voiced ellie will get is going to have a quick appearance in the next episode
1: yeah i did see that as well
0: so i mean i'm trying to think uh ellie's final you know fight i can't all i could think about was how scary that boss fight was in the game with david Um, i
1: remember dying multiple times
0: yeah but this was the episode i'm not the first person to say this this was the episode where bella ramsey Really put it all on the table and like showed that she is Ellie and kind of anyone at this point. I, I don't know how you could be eight episodes into this show and still on the train of, oh, well, she doesn't look enough like Ellie. Like, like if you could even still care about that at this point, I don't see how you could even a little bit after this episode. She mm-hmm. was amazing her from, you know, everything her emotion, the scene where she, you know, screamed, uh, tell them Ellie was the little girl that broke your fucking finger and her emotion as, you know, she viciously killed David and that final scene with her and, uh, uh, Joel, And honestly, one of the biggest moments in the series and game where Joel, you know, calls her baby girl, which is what Mm -hmm. he called Sarah. And he probably hasn't called anybody in 20 whatever years. And like you can finally see like, okay, like that he loves her, which it's been like they've been making it clear the last couple episodes. But like it's it's very apparent now that that is his daughter for a be- mm-hmm. lack of a better word and the last thing i'll say before i turn it to you was one of my favorite scenes in the entire game i thought they did justice uh the scene the joel interrogation scene um yes where they make him they that's in the game even it's a little scarier because in this joel's you can visibly still like in pain and in the game he's like even in the, he's prime savage joel mode like that is what joel's been doing for the last 20 years and that, uh, you know, it's been going viral on TikTok, his scream of w- what town and, you know, stabbing that guy in the knee and saying, I'll pop your fucking kneecap off. And then I think my favorite line maybe in the whole game and now show is, you know, when the, he says, you know, point to the point on the map and it better be the same as where he points and he's like you you can show him and tell him he'll he'll back me up i swear and then joel kills him and the other guy's like why'd you do that he told you what you wanted to hear now i'm not telling you shit and joel just says that's fine i believe him yeah And he just kills the shit out of that other guy
1: yes that I, that is i think that might be my favorite scene as well
0: it, it is a it's a very badass line to just say it's okay i believed him
1: mm-hmm I agree. Uh, de- I agree. Definitely. Bella Ramsey's best episode. Uh,
0: I mean, do, can we just, can we just fast forward to the Emmys and
1: give them everything? They're going to sweep.
0: This uh, show deserves best drama and best lead and be best lead actress and actor.
1: Yeah. It's good. It's going to be a dog fight between, uh, last of us and succession. I mean, I think, I think we're all on the same page that succession will be a banger as always. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, my thoughts, uh, this is, I think I tend to lean towards my number one of the season, um, this yeah. was my favorite playthrough part of the game as well, so I was really looking forward to what they do here, um, a little less action-packed, uh, from the game, I know it's kind of weird to say because this episode was a, an hour-long action sequence, yeah. um, but in the game, you know, uh, at, when Ellie's hunting, she, she meets David for the first time. Uh, and, and you have to
0: fight alongside you're, him.
1: you're fighting alongside him. You're fighting waves and waves of infected. Um, you did hear that clicker a little bit in the beginning of this episode. Yeah, so I was kind of like, Oh, are we gonna get into it? So I think that's the only letdown of this episode. I was really hoping to see maybe that clicker pops out and she has to kill it and or chases her or, yeah, I,
0: I guess if Something you define like one, if you define one criticism of the show, which to me I don't care at all because I knew what I was getting into, mm-hmm. but like I guess there hasn't been a lot of zombies. Like yeah, I the, feel
1: like we haven't. That is my only criticism of the show through eight episodes. We just haven't gotten enough of the infected. I feel
0: yeah, like. we haven't really gotten a big infected moment since episode six with the with
1: since the, the bloater. Horde. The bloater and the horde comes out of the house and kills Kathleen and all them. Yeah. Like so,
0: on one hand, I get that. On the other hand, I'm like the story is such a good story of like humanity and mm. black and white and all that. Like, and that's the real driving force of the show. Whereas, like you know, a show like The Walking Dead is just like, oh, here's mindless action and a million zombies. But like, yeah. no, I, I, I would. It is a fair criticism to say like there should be maybe a little bit more infected content in the show.
1: Yeah, to to a slight extent. Um, and in the game as well, you get a, a more action with Joel shooting his way out of that neighborhood they're in on his way to uh, silver lake i think yes yeah, silver, lake. silver lake um but other than that like the whole ellie um part where she's captured that's pretty close one-to-one i'd say
0: yeah adaptation wise or scene in the cell
1: yeah the cell breaks out of the cell then you're going around the the restaurant cabin
0: as david's uh, hunting
1: you yeah Scary right. shit in the another
0: game. another good change I thought that was honestly I like how they uh drug out the cannibal reveal. There was actually a point where I was wondering if they were actually even going to make them cannibals. I was like, are they really going to go away from that? Because I didn't know for a little bit. But like I like that they drug that reveal out for the people that weren't aware that was coming. And I also mm-hmm. like the switch up of like uh David and like his kind of higher up and his close circle were the only ones that knew.
1: He was like about me and me and like cannibal. three or four guys yeah. like.
0: Like, they were the only ones who knew, so, you know, going back and watching the episode, the scenes where they're eating, and it kind of focuses a lot on that before the full reveal of the cannibal thing, it's really dark, and, like, when you think think about it, and I really like that reveal, I think it holds a lot more weight when, like, those people aren't aware of what he's doing to them.
1: I feel like they made a couple purposeful... Shots with the camera on, yeah, they, on they, like they, on his they face. They hung on the
0: meat. They hung on the meat for a while too.
1: Yeah, you kind of see like in his face is like he's staring at the food a little bit.
0: When that woman said, "You know what is this?" and the guy kind of paused. Venison. And, said, Venison, and yeah, and then they drug the deer in after that had been said. And you know, like you said, like the the way that they were eating and they were kind of focusing on everyone eating. And mm. first of all, it was funny. David had like the huge plate, and everyone else had like just the tiniest. Yeah. Like, but like I, I really thought that was a good like way to do that. And like they don't know, only David knows.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Overall, yeah, another great episode. Um we have our finale next week. It's gonna I'm be excited. Short, gonna be the shortest episode, sadly. I think it's just around like forty minutes or something. Um Which
0: is kind of fun- it's kind of funny how that works. I feel like that has never been the case for anything.
1: Yeah, but uh, knowing what we know about what's coming, it should, if 40 minutes, it's going to be an action-packed...
0: Yeah, man, as long as they're going to end this season where the game ended and not leave us a little bit... Yeah, on some kind of cliffhanger. Yeah, as long as they stick to the game ending, this should be an action-packed episode.
1: Yeah, I really hope they end where we ended in the first game because start season two fresh with the second game, Uh, I'll play the game... That second game soon, I promise. Um,
0: yeah, you have to, man. It's so good.
1: Yeah, uh, season one, we're almost there. Uh, so we're gonna have the finale
0: this oh, my Sunday birthday. night.
1: This Sunday night, uh, conflicting with uh, the Oscars. Continue. Yeah,
0: like I said, both on my birthday, so that's kind of fun.
1: That's yeah, gonna be a fun little birthday for you. Uh, from here, we can move on to another Pedro Pascal led series. Another show where Pedro
0: Pascal is leading a young person yeah. through a, a world. Uh,
1: Mandalorian season three, episode two kicks off Mando. Uh, he goes back to Tatooine. Sees our, uh, our friend. Uh, M- I always forget off. her name. I think most pellet something pellet. I, I, she's, she's, she's fun. She, I like she's her fun. in small,
0: in she's small, little doses, zany, but
1: yeah, little zany and quirky. Uh, her, some Jawas. Love, I I do like her when she speaks Jawa Jawaese or whatever their language is.
0: Always nice to see a
1: couple Jaws. Always fun. Up. Then from there we go right into the action. We go right into Mandalore. Uh, turns out Mandalore is not as uh, toxic as we thought. Uh, turns out the atmosphere is breathable. Um. So yeah, we get some very quick action. We get a new droid. Uh, Mando gets his own R R five unit. There have the been Mac. there have been. Yeah, it's the same R5
0: D4. It's the same. Uh, I don't know if it's the same exact droid, but it's the same model droid that breaks down on Luke and Uncle Owen in A New Hope. And that's why they end up getting. one oh. too. So I don't know if it's supposed to be the same exact droid, but I mean, they did sell him off to Jawas. So
1: the maybe droid was a little wonky and needed some fixing up.
0: Yeah, so maybe so that droid was might have been the catalyst for the entire Star Wars saga. So respect R four D five or R five D four. R five D four. Yeah,
1: interesting. Uh so yeah, from there we go. We start going down into the uh the wells of Mandalore. Can yeah, I just say mines of Mandalore?
0: I never thought. Like, I can't believe we're at the point where we're getting Mandalore in live
1: action. Like, it's, it's so, so
0: okay. It is so awesome that we're like at that point. Like, I could have never imagined that that would be. A thing that would be happening in the Star Wars world.
1: Especially but, so different from what we saw in Clone Wars.
0: Yeah, obviously covered in crystal and mm-hmm. all that shit. Uh, it looked awesome. The design was so cool. And like, yeah, I just really like to see Mandalore in, in live action.
1: You get some kind of alien species. I forget what Bo-Katan calls them. Yeah, uh, I don't remember. Mando sloppily takes care of them with uh with a Darksaber. Always want to see Darksaber content.
0: Yeah, man, and seeing, obviously, you know, I'm jumping ahead, but seeing him use the Darksaber on them versus Bo-Katan using it Bo-Katan's later. Bo-Katan's a natural. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a night and day difference between the two of them.
1: Yeah. uh, makes me think about, like, that weight thing about what the armor told him in that episode of Book of Boba Fett. Uh, with the weight and how that works and all that. I don't know. I, I want to see how that plays out. And I yeah. hope Mando learns how to balance that, I guess. I'm
0: hoping by uh, the end of the season, he's in a, he's a damn samurai with it.
1: I, I damn hope so. Uh, but then they go down Mando and Grogu. They start descending down into the mines. Uh, we get some weird little creatures in the sewers. And then uh, eventually we start seeing Mando helmets lying around in the dust and a cool crab droid thing. That thing was so weird. It was very weird. Um, it kind of reminded me of like a general Grievous. Yeah, it did. You know, how the, how the eyes were, it kind of looks like Grievous's eyes. Yeah.
0: It's, it, it's, it was like part living and part like,
1: uh, part droid, Part like a, droid. Yeah. Like a cyborg. I think they called, like, I think that's what they called Grievous technically. Yeah, right?
0: It, it gave off very similar vibes to that.
1: Yeah. So then we, uh, Grogu, he escapes pretty sick force push on one of those aliens and exiting that cave. Uh, Goes get some reinforcements from our girl, Bo-Katan, on uh, whatever moon she's staying at in her throne room. Um, Bo-Katan comes to the rescue, not once but twice in this episode.
0: Yeah, I mean, she kicks major ass in this episode. Kind of the MVP. I mean, I guess you could say Baby Yoda for, Grogu, sorry, I keep saying Baby Yoda, for getting up there and getting her. But she comes to Mandalore and straight fucks shit up
1: she's awesome dual blasters she's her helmet is still so sick
0: yeah her design on her helmet is so awesome
1: we finally get down to the she finally she finally takes care of that droid cyborg thingy saves mando uh they get to the mines of Mandalore the lake uh mando gets grabbed by the some kind of sea monster I don't know Uh, then Bo-Katan saves him a second time. Uh...
0: Sorry for the technical. Sorry for the technical difficulties, people. My computer is just a piece of shit. So, back to it.
1: Yeah. So uh, as I was saying, uh, we were talking about some Mando. Mando was saved by Bo-Katan not once but twice. Uh, when they get to uh, the mine, the the lake itself. Uh, Mando says the creed. Uh, Bo-Katan kind of looks at him like this is kind of cool seeing this again. Um, then she saves him again. He gets he goes into the water, kind of some kind of Mandalorian baptism type thing. Some kind of sea creature drags him under. Bo-Katan dives in. She saves him.
0: Thing looks like fucking Cthulhu.
1: That was that was scary. That uh, when, when the lights shone on it.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that's going to play anything to go like forward. If that creature will be like a uh, something going forward. Uh, but that
1: thing was scary and weird. Yeah, some kind of new underground antagonist type thing. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I did prefer this episode to the first one. I'd say. Uh, obviously, we get a little more action. Obviously, we're back on Mandalore. Uh, from here, I don't really know exactly where we're going quite yet. Uh, yeah, I mean,
0: eventually you gotta they gotta begin the whole uh, Dinjar and vs. Bo Katan thing.
1: Yeah, you gotta like figure out who's gonna be the leader. The new man. I think the leader of Mandalore is called mandalore manned it's like manned apostrophe allure or something like that
0: <laughs> well yeah someone, uh, like, someone's gotta be it
1: uh Filoni and lucas got real creative on that one i think um hey, yeah not their finest hey, moment. Cut, cut them some slack i mean Filoni's building the greatest world ever yeah man so um,
0: I, I can't wait for the next episode you know this is just a show that it's just fun you look forward to it every week
1: yeah eventually we're gonna get a you know, a battle for the darksaber and hopefully, hopefully our boy Mando pulls it off. Yes, uh, sir. So we'll get episode three of season three coming out next Wednesday. We'll talk about it again on next uh, Friday's pod. Uh, so tune back in for those thoughts next week. Absolutely. Uh, from here, we're moving into a movie villains draft. We said earlier that we are going to do a draft um, with some you know, big villains dropping recently, uh, Kang in Ant-Man and uh, Quantumania, and then we got uh, Jonathan Majors in Creed Three.
0: Yes, Dave supposedly,
1: supposedly a pretty good villain, so I've heard. Can confirm. Uh, so we are going to uh, go back and forth drafting uh, our favorite or just overall best movie villains. Uh, I believe I went first last time, so it's all you. Oh, okay.
0: All right, so this is a big one. Uh, with pick one one one, yeah, with one one, I have to go with probably the most iconic villain ever, Darth Vader. Damn it, has gotta, it's gotta be Vader. In a draft like this, uh, you can't not take Vader. Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader is one of the best characters in fiction, period. So yeah, Vader is iconic. He is uh, eternal.
1: He was the deserving one one. Yeah. It does not get better than Darth Vader, especially now that he's coming back in newer properties. You know, Rogue One, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, uh, while Obi wan Kenobi was kind of a little all over the place, not you know, not it's not on the same tier as Mando and Andor. Uh, it was the mid. Moments, the moments we did get with Vader, yeah. I think, were still sick.
0: Yeah, there were some great, great moments with Vader in that show.
1: So you took my number one. So I am going to move on to what I think. I think we both probably agree is number two. I'm going with the Joker, more specifically, yeah. uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah,
0: that was what I was going back and forth in my brain between. So,
1: I got the Dark Knight Joker. Um, one of the best performances in general that I have ever seen in film. Uh, I mean it ultimately led to the demise of Heath Ledger himself. Uh, big character actor or method actor. Sorry. And the method of being the Joker literally, um, you know, took the life of one of the an up and coming actor. Yeah. Uh, Joker probably the most famous uh, comic book villain of all time. Uh, I, I probably yeah. Um, I I would say so. There's not really much else to say. I mean, it's the Joker. Um, we yeah, see a million of them. We see him in every iteration of Batman, but specifically Heath Ledger's Joker was on a different level. I completely
0: agree with you, man. Uh, so for my next pick, my second round pick, um, honestly, from here on out, I don't have exactly the much the biggest hierarchy. I'm kind of just picking how I feel, and right now, I'm gonna go with a character from one of my one of if not my favorite Quentin Tarantino movies. I'm gonna go Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards. Yep. Uh, Christoph Waltz. You know, he won a he won an Oscar for that role and he's just the opening scene of that movie is one of the most tension filled best scenes in movie history and he is just menacing throughout that movie and he is awesome and that was one of his first american roles i believe
1: i think it was i think it was the first
0: actually. yeah yeah pretty yeah i'm pretty sure you're right on about that so yeah uh, just an amazing character an amazing role an amazing actor
1: if he was just in that opening scene of Inglorious Bastards, he would still be on my list. I think.
0: Yeah, honestly,
1: <laughs> I think that scene is one of the most horrifying, suspenseful scenes I've ever watched in any movie. Uh, Shoshana and her sisters under the floorboards, and yeah, the father with the milk and holy shit, dude! It's so
0: to this goes. day. To this day, people debate, you know, whether he knew who Shoshana was at that at that meal or not. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah. th- honestly I like that it's left open to interpretation because I don't think there's a clear answer.
1: Mm-hmm. I fully agree. He was definitely up there for me as well. Um, I am going to go with uh, Javier Bardem's character in No Country for All oh, Men. That was gonna be my next pick. Uh, Anton Chigurh. Um Psychologists say this is one of the most accurate depictions of a serial kill- serial killer of all time. Uh, no Country for Old Men is in my top five movies of all time. Perfect 10 out of 10 from the Coen brothers. Uh, he is simply horrifying, dude. The yeah, Absolutely. Pl- the, like I said with Hans Landa, if you only did that opening scene, I think if you only do the gas station scene with Anton Chigurh, I, that's, that's on the same, same wavelength, I think. I think those are two of my favorite scenes of all time in any movie. Oh, uh, flip a coin for what? Uh, it's just awesome, and then the, yeah. the shootout in the hotel with uh, Josh Brolin's Llewellyn character—just over. I mean, it's we're go, we're on four straight movies that are four of my top-rated films of all time. Uh for, and because of these four amazing villains, I'd say.
0: Yeah. Ah, uh, so next, I'm gonna go with one. I think this can count. It's been played by two different actors, but in the same universe. I'm gonna go with the portrayal of Magneto by Ian McK- sorry, Ian McKellen, and Michael Fassbender throughout the Fox X-Men movies. Uh, big fan of that uh, portrayal of the character. And Magneto is one of the most iconic comic book villains ever. And obviously, you know when you have two two actors play a guy, and they're both two of the greatest actors ever, uh, you're mm. gonna you're gonna have a great character portrayal throughout the years. So yeah, I love that uh, character.
1: I'm with you. Um, I think, uh, I'm trying to get my X-Men straight. I think X 2 Magneto in general, I think is my favorite, but then the yeah. Fastbender one was so good in days of future past. And oh, fir- absolutely you know, first class again, first class, another, yes. another amazing scene when he goes down to Cuba or whatever Latino country, then he kills them all in that bar. Like, yeah. again, we're just going scene for scene. These, Villains just have notable, famous scenes that are just fantastic.
0: I completely agree, man. Villains often steal the show.
1: I really do. Uh, my number three. Uh, I'm going to go with Lord Voldemort. I'm a huge Harry Potter guy. He was on my list. Um, Ray finds as Lord Voldemort. I think it's overshadowed because harry potter you know they're not like critically acclaimed films um but uh, you know the, th- the three actors radcliffe watson and grin aren't exactly the best actors in these movies um but that's why you bring in a powerhouse like ray Finds. uh ray as voldemort is awesome uh he gets memed a little bit harry potter the boy who lived come to die whatever but he is scary.
0: Whatever way you want to meme him or whatever, he is still an amazing villain throughout the book series and throughout the movies. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, you can you can laugh at him whatever you want, but that is an amazing portrayal.
1: Yeah, he's awesome. Okay, so cool
0: for my next pick, I am between a couple... Um, I think though, I'm going to go with a little recency bias from a movie I watched recently and go HAL 9,000 from a uh, 2001, a space odyssey, the supercomputer, okay. HAL 9,000, the portrayal of that villain is so weird because yeah, it's like an AI, it's supercomputer. It's not a, you don't really have a physical being there, but the, the, I forget, I need the, I want to give credit to whoever did the voice. Let me look it up real quick because the like calmness that it, that voice speaks with is so scary as it does like these terrible things. Douglas Rain is credited with the voice, so shout out to him because he delivers the lines in such a calm and like almost emotionless way. Even even there are some scenes I won't spoil for you, which is crazy to say because the movie came out in, like 1968, and I, I know yeah. you haven't, I know I know you haven't Not seen it, but there are some specific scenes where it is. It is like bone chilling the way that uh, character is portrayed. So it's a little bit off the beaten path, but I think that's one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. And that villain deserves to uh, mention on this list.
1: I like it. I'm all about something new. Uh, let's see where I go. I'm going to go with Davy Jones from Ooh, uh, that's a good one. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, uh, Bill Nighy as the voice in mocap. Um that I think those that movie CGI wise stands up today, Davy Jones specifically. Uh growing up, Pirates Pirates of the Caribbean was that was my shit, dude. Jack Sparrow's one if we did like a draft of favorite protagonist, Jack Sparrow would be in my top five. Um yeah. But yeah, uh he's scary. Uh he's got like that the crab legs where when he pounds against the the deck of the ship is dope. Um, the CGI itself is, I think the CGI makes it really, makes him that much better, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, it holds up, and that's honestly uh, crazy, because it was made in, what, 2006?
1: Something like that, yeah. I forget I forget how old well those movies are sometimes when I turn them yeah. on. Yeah. They hold up very well. So this next pick will be my fourth pick, right? This is your fifth. This is my
0: fifth, okay. Um damn, I'm between two here. Okay, there's I'm going to go with uh another Tarantino villain. I'm going to go with Leonardo DiCaprio's portrayal of Calvin Candy in Django Unchained. Uh, that villain is obviously a despicable person, a slave owner and a terrible one at that. I mean, I'm pretty sure his port- his introduction in the movie is making two slaves fight to the death. Uh, and yeah. then just throughout the movie he is just a terrible terrible person he he's obviously the driving force behind christoph Waltz's character being killed because he refused he, he refused to let him leave without shaking his hand uh mm-hmm. yeah man just an, an amazing character and a character so vile that leonardo dicaprio felt uncomfortable even playing him
1: yeah an all, all-time all leo performance oh yes. uh, Uh, when he, the one scene where he smashes the glass and he's actually bleeding, but he finishes the scene. If I'm correct, it's the
0: only, if I'm correct, it's the only time we've seen Leo as a villain.
1: I'm trying to think. I Um, I
0: can't think off the top of my head of any others.
1: I'm just going through it. I, I would say you're probably right.
0: Like in the Revenant, I know he's not exactly a hero or a villain, but I think this is the first time you see him. Like he is the, he is the antagonist. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. He might have played some bad guy roles, like Jordan Belfort. He's not a good person, but he's still your protagonist. But yeah, I would. That is probably the only antagonist role that I can think of for Leo. And And he he killed it. it. So here we go. Your Uh, fifth pick. My fifth. I'm also between a few. Um, I'm trying to pull the lord of the rings but you know sauron's not really an on-screen villain so it's hard to pick that so i will not do so uh oh but there is a golem pick
0: yeah uh, i i can't lie i was gonna maybe pick him as my fifth but i wanted to leave him there in case you just
1: in case yeah i I feel like i have to i was just on TikTok too and there was an idris elba and andy circus interview and they're doing like a impressions thing. He Elba pulls a golem. Circus does it in the interview. It's kinda sick. So I am gonna go with Gollum. Yeah, I mean I saw um, Sauron,
0: I saw Sauron on some of the lists, and I was like, Sauron just like throughout the Lord of the Rings trilogy, he's a he's kind of a background. He's not even there, to be honest. He's he, it's the he eye the, of
1: Sauron. Yeah, he is the overarching villain, but he's not a a being, I guess. Yeah, like it's not, not someone acting and portraying. Whereas right. Andy Circus uh, I also wanted like take into account like the performances themselves, like you know, yeah, we went Vader, we went Hans Landa, Joker, Anton Chigurh, like We've these talked are about all these all, iconic scenes. Yeah, there isn't all, one all for world, These are all all world performances. Um, you know, Circus was doing the mocap for Gollum through this whole trilogy. He's doing these there crazy be, ass voices. They need to make some kind of
0: award at the Oscars for. To, to honor Andy Serkis because the work he's done as Gollum and I think especially the work he's done as With Caesar, Caesar. Mm-hmm. I, I mean he, he he deserves some flowers I mean we give it to him all the time but mm-hmm. he he deserves an
1: award it, yeah it's different from doing just voice acting because he's doing the motion capture and everything too you know he's you know he's crawling around on all fours he's the same as a monkey He's crawling around as all fours like an ape and yeah, you, know, I, I, you got to give Andy Circus his flowers and I hope they do it while he's still around, you know, you know yeah. Ray, Ray Liotta got a posthumous star on the wall of fame. I hope circus. I don't think he has one yet. I and
0: mean, nah, that's deserve that. He deserves that.
1: He needs it. But yeah, like you
0: were saying, man, S- as far as Sauron goes, like, yes, he's the overarching villain, but like, when we're breaking down, we're talking about, you know, like, all oh, the the opening scene in Glorious Bastards or we're talking about, yeah. the, the Magneto scene in the diner, there's no scene like that for Sauron in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, because he's just an eye. He yeah. hasn't, like, fully back, so, yeah, I feel like Gollum, much I and mean, he's not the main villain, but he is one of the villains. So yeah. I was gonna pick him, but I wanted to I was more intrigued with Calvin Candy and I was like, you know what, maybe Mike's gonna pick him.
1: Yeah. He actually wasn't on my list, but I just started thinking Lord of the Rings, so I had to pick who would it be? I could have won Saruman, Christopher Lee, amazing performance. That was a good one. Andy Circus as Gollum Dude, might be we... the best performance in, what, Lord was, of in what was
0: Tolkien thinking having Saruman and Sauron be like I... buddies.
1: Like I, that, th- I think, in on. a way, it was just like some kind of foreshadowing. I guess I think he wanted you to.
0: The first time I watched it, I was like, exactly. "Holy shit, dude! I, I can't tell what they're who they're
1: talking about." Yeah, I remember as a kid thinking the same way, and now as a this big Lord of the Rings fan, you know, I, I had to throw Lord of the Rings in this episode somehow. I feel like I've talked about it every
0: episode.
1: Well, no, know it's the tenth episode. Exactly. All right. We're going to finish us off with our weekly six-pack. We're going to go back and forth here. So I'm going to kick it off with a Best Picture winner. Uh, I've I've been seeing some slander for it recently. Uh, I'm going to go with Argo. uh, Currently streaming on HBO Max. Uh, Let's see. Argo is directed and starring Ben Affleck. Uh, It's about the 1979 uh, Iran hostage crisis. Uh, I think I read the book for this. The movie is phenomenal, um, but people have been kind of shitting on it uh, as a best as a best picture nom or winner recently, and I don't understand it. Uh, Alan Arkin in a supporting role, I think, won best supporting actor. He's fantastic. It's uh, just a really cool story and a part of history that I was not alive for. Uh, obviously, twenty years before my birth, I have to check it out. Super cool. HBO Max.
0: Um, my first is I've been on a run of watching the Wes Anderson filmography. Uh, so I will give you Isle of Dogs, which is on Disney Plus. Another one is his second stop animation, stop motion animation movie. And it's 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 really awesome. Uh Brian Cranston in a voice acting role as like one of the lead characters is <laughs> very funny. And then, you know, Wes Anderson's group of guys, which includes like Bill Murray, Edward Norton, uh Jeff Goldblum, they're all all over the place so uh, fun movie awesome movie easy Wes Anderson's movies are pretty easy to watch so yeah it's really nice
1: I did not know is is it a Disney movie
0: I I don't I don't know that it's a Disney movie but it's on Disney plus interesting very interesting
1: Uh, so I'm gonna go with uh I think it's a sleeper in the sport genre uh Gridiron Gang starring our boy Dwayne the Rock Johnson before he became a blockbuster-only action star. Uh, So it's about a counselor, The Rock Plays' counselor, at a male juvenile detention facility uh, decides to turn these inmates into a football team so they can uh, kind of gain this sense of camaraderie, um, kind of just respect themselves, basically. Um, You know, they come from a lot of gangs and stuff, so he wants them to... You know, it's kind of like Coach Carter, where he wants to prepare yeah. them for success once they leave uh, this, you know, this place It's not so great for them. Um, it's one of my more underrated movies, uh, only in like that seven, eight-ish range. Um, but it's cool. It's uh, based on a true story. Um, so yeah, check it out. Uh, Netflix. Right on Netflix.
0: Uh, my next one, I'm gonna go with. It's kind of a, a cheat because I'm getting two movies in one, basically. But I'm just gonna say on HBO Max, the two Creed movies. If you haven't seen them yet, you know Creed Three is out in theaters right now. And if you haven't seen any of those movies, but maybe if you've seen the Rocky movies, but you just haven't involved yourself in the Creed movies, uh, Creed One legitimately amazing. Probably the best legacy sequel I've ever seen. And Creed mm-hmm. Two was a very solid follow up. I still th- highly rate it. Uh, obviously, I don't think it's as good, but yeah, man, I would check both of those out and then go see Creed 3 because it's awesome.
1: Yeah, uh, I recently watched the those two for the first time uh, and they are bangers. Absolutely. Um, so to cap off my six-pack, going back to the rom-com era, but also some kind of coming-of-age-ish uh, A, starring Emma Stone, uh, Penn Badgley, uh, Amanda Bynes, uh, Emma Stone's parents are Stanley Tucci and Lisa Kud- no, Kudrow's a teacher, I think. Um, but either way, it's fun. Uh, yeah, just, you know, it's a teen. She's kind of like a, a nerdy type of girl. Uh, she's a senior. She wants to live life on the edge a little bit. Decides to spice things up. Uh, tells a lie that she lost her virginity. They're reading the Scarlet Letter in their English class. So, uh, the A is kind of mm-hmm. like... That's Scarlet Letter or whatever. Yeah. Um, Another just fun 90-minute rom-com type movie. Who doesn't love that? Uh, yeah, you, you got to love a nice 90-minute rom-com. I don't care who you are.
0: Right on. And then for my last, I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to go with the show, which I've done before. But mm-hmm. I'm currently uh, about halfway through Loveca- Lovecraft Country on HBO Max, uh, you know, throwing some love Jonathan Major's way. We already have. So I'm going to continue that with this. Uh, the show so far is awesome. If you're into that supernatural shit, uh, it's amazing for that. And also, like, it has a very, like, telling side of, you know, America in the 1950s and what uh what African-Americans had to go through back then. Uh, so it delivers on all the, a lot of different fronts. Jonathan Majors has been a powerhouse so far. Michael K. Williams, R.I.P., has also been um, doing very great in that show. Uh, I still have to finish it, but so far, been loving it.
1: It's only one season, right? They canceled yeah, it? Yeah,
0: only one season, and I, I, I don't know as if they canceled it as much as they just kind of said the story has been told and it's done.
1: Oh, okay. I get yeah. you. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's the show.
0: Yeah, that's it, man. Thank nice you, guys. Yeah, thank you guys for listening, and uh, hopefully next week I think Mike will have seen Creed. Yes, and we can fully give it, plan on it. We can give it a, a, a review, so uh, we'll be able to talk the Oscar winners. We'll be able to talk the uh, Last of Us finale. the Oscars, yes. We'll be able to talk about the Last of Us finale. We'll be able to talk about the next episode of Mando. We'll be able to talk about Creed, so it should be a big episode next week.
1: Yeah, that's an action-packed episode for sure.
0: All right, so thanks for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you then. See ya. Peace.